Good evening. My name is Tom Holzerman, or TH, if you will, and welcome to episode five of the Mental Health Break podcast. Um, this week's show, we have a couple of guests. Uh, I haven't recorded in a while, and I kind of wanted to uh, get the rust off and then try to get more than one guest on. So I just uh, volunteered the Twitter. I got two very fun and hearty and intelligent followers. Uh, mutual followers that pop on tonight. First up, um, you may know him from film Twitter or left Twitter um, under the name Moon underscore Clinic. He's got a lot of hot takes on movies. Very intelligent, very active. Please welcome to the show, Jay. How you doing, bud? I am doing all right, and I do appreciate the uh, descriptor of intelligent. You, know, you didn't <laughs> say that. That wasn't necessary, but I do appreciate <laughs> that you do... Uh, uh, appreciate my mind. Not not many people do. They only like me for my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a curse that many of us have to go through life bearing. Um, second guest is uh, one of my most longtime mutuals. I uh, actually a fellow wrestling fan. Uh, we teamed up and, and saw a show a couple of shows together at the uh, Chikara Wrestling Factory together. Um, my only complaint about him is that he likes the Dallas Cowboys, but nobody's perfect. Uh, please welcome to the show, David, uh, also GrundyMan517 on Twitter. Dave, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Trust me, I complain too. <laughs> about the Dallas Cowboys. I just read an article about how Jerry Jones pretty much said he didn't, it wasn't his call to draft Taco Charlton or Randy Gregory. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well... We can talk a little about the NFL draft. That's uh, this episode drops is going to be the day of the draft, um, but there's a lot bigger news that sort of dropped. I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit first, um, just because it's you know the richest guy in the world buying up the most popular social media. Well, maybe not the most popular. I mean, Instagram has how many users? But um, <clears throat> everybody wants to trend on Twitter. Everybody wants to get their news out on Twitter. All the cool people. And Elon Musk decided to buy it. Um, Jay, what are your initial thoughts on that? Um, you know, it, this this makes sense. I mean, you know, you have the uh, guy who comes from African blood, uh, diamond money. You have the guy who acts like he he invents stuff when he really just buys things that people have already made um, and just dumps money into it. So this isn't anything new. It's Elon Musk. He's he's been annoying for a long time. He will continue to be annoying. It's not like, and also it's not like Jack was particularly a better person. He just doesn't tweet as much. No, and Jack uh, sort of faded out. You know, I think he sold her. They 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 ousted him. You know, he wasn't really around anymore. Good riddance. Not like he was doing any good. Right. Um, I mean, you bring up a salient point. You know, oligarchs doesn't really matter who it's just a matter of whether the guy is um online or whether the guy is you know kind of lurking behind the scenes with his little dark tentacles going <laughs> uh what about you david How, what do you what do you think do you have any uh other thoughts about this it's just another case of another with jackass with money who wants to throw <laughs> his money around just to compensate for something else that he's lacking at and that seems to be a, a common theme amongst rich people in the news lately. Oh, I have this and this. I'm going to do this stupid thing here 
just to get a, a rise out of people. And people always fall for it every time. It, it seems so weird just to buy to to spend forty four billion dollars, which by the way, he had to borrow against his own company. So he you know, naturally he, he he wants to make it seem like, yeah, I just had that laying around just to buy. He had to borrow against Tesla to uh to to do get this deal done, which by the way, Tesla's stock is dipping. Um I hope it crashes. It won't. Um because it's it's too it's too meddled with, so it won't naturally crash. However, um, it is funny that he borrowed against, you know, Tesla. Another thing that he bought into versus innovated, um, just to buy Twitter for one of like just a bizarre set of circumstances and a bizarre reasoning. Some people you would think that like I want to buy Twitter to make money. I want to buy Twitter, you know, to to innovate or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever rich person bullshit that they want to say. But he's going about it like, I want to buy Twitter so that, you know, free speech. I want that free speech. <laughs> that, it happens once an episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, 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 his reasoning is like he's just trying to act like he's like some free speech absolutist or some free speech, you know, fucking activist. He's not. It's so, it's just so easy to Google what he gets up to. Uh, I guess when you're rich, you do, you don't have to care about, like, actual, like, people looking you up and, like, oh, this is what he's really like. Like, you could just act like you're not that person. You're rich enough to not have any actual negative effects against you personally. But he, he's uh, got this, so much money, you know, it's... But the thing is... I doesn't really. I still don't understand rich people. Um, how like they're worth all this money, but like when I think of someone who's rich, I think of Scrooge McDuck. You know, with uh, right gold, gold coins, gold coins. coins. Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money fights and those old hey, that's old house is falling apart. You see, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like. When I think money, I think rich, I think liquid, you know, and it's just wild to me that this guy, you know, spent, 40, number one, $44 billion. I mean, who had $44 billion before, like even 20 years ago, who who had $44 billion? And just to buy this sort of site and, and you know, Twitter.com is a, a good site because it's where, you know, you meet people on there, you know, talk you talk to people. With like minds, you know, forget the chuds, forget the blue check marks, forget the bots. You know, there are a lot of good people on Twitter you can talk to and, and find and have opinions. But it's also never made money, right? Right. Mm. So you're looking at this guy Elon Musk and people worship him. I mean, when does the when does the bottom fall out in his perception? You know, or does it not fall out because he's you know? So rich that he has a, you know, a god complex. Uh, it it kind of, I guess, it just doesn't fall out. Once you're rich, there, if if people who know rich people are full of shit, I mean, most people know rich people are full of shit. But people who like are like actively like against them, they already know. But for, I guess, like the vast majority of people, the bottom's never going to fall out. Like they might think they're an asshole. But they don't. They're not going to look too much into like, well, what are they getting up to? 
what their what you know where is their money coming from? What do they do with their money? Do they have real money or do they, are they just like you know like billions of dollars in debt, but like government welfare queens? Which, by the way, if we want to talk like welfare, like billionaires get the most government assistance. Right. Um, you know, you're like we gotta cut entitlements. You know, we gotta cut the handouts. I like fucking billionaires. That's how they get most of their money. They don't they don't buy most things. They get so many subsidies. Where the whole the whole concept of like oh yeah I know no free market like ah <laughs> he, he earned all his money you know it's a free I'm like no no he didn't he 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 has subsidies they're they're he's not a self made man despite in no matter how you look at it no matter how many weirdos on Twitter want to say like oh he earned all his money he's so innovative no matter how many times that gets repeated it's just not going to be a reality. Because I can look it up, you know what I mean. It's like I, I, I can read. Yeah, and you can look at pictures. You know him and uh... right, right. <laughs> so, um, so David, I want to get your take on it first. So, what is your favorite uh, Elon Musk scandal? Is it the picture with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell? Is it yeah. uh, winning the um, the the, the uh, defamation suit because? Um, he called somebody a pedo, and he won. Or was it the uh, the racial discrimination suit? Was it the um, <laughs> the cameras on the the coffee machine? <laughs> oh wow! What a, what a guy to look up to. That picture, <laughs> what a guy to set your to set set your eyes upon. That picture with Maxwell, that that gets me. He's just smiling, looking dumb. She's smiling, looking stupid. And everybody seems to forget that, about how great this guy is. Oh, he is going to buy Twitter and make it right, as as in make it, bring, make Twitter full of slurs again. (laughs) Right. I mean, to be fair, it never went away. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just... We we banned um you know we banned Keck fourteen eighty eight after his eighty seventh time. Right. <laughs> but how how many people do we ha- how many people do we know that are on the like fourth fifth you know good God fearing you know decent people who who aren't afraid to say um, fuck Joe Biden you know. No, no, let's go, Brandon. That's the, uh... <laughs> no, no, we don't say let's go, Brandon. Right. We say the other thing. We, we say the real thing. We say how we actually feel. We're not afraid. I'm like, no, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> like the um, uh, ass butt uh, on Twitter. He's on his, like... I'm, I'm, oh, like, God, he's on his, like... He has to be on, like, his, like, seventh account. Yeah. I've been, like, I've been following him since, like, like 2015 or whatever. <laughs> the real ones, no. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, luckily, I think I'm only on my first one. Um, oh I was my. suspended. I was suspended for a week for um, running afoul of the transphobic Twitter. <laughs> uh, I think I was suspended for like a, a week, like a while back. I think I made they they claimed I made a veiled threat against uh, Donald Trump, um, <laughs> but what I what I said was he probably wouldn't survive falling down like four steps. <laughs> I didn't say I'd push him. I just said if it came to him tumbling down like a few steps, I don't think he'd make it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he would either. Um, the man has the constitution of wet tissue paper. 
Oh, that's the other thing that people people are just like uh, immediately saying, like, you know, you gotta bring Trump back. You gotta he's gonna come back. And you know, of course, right wingers are you know they're they're championing Elon Musk buying Twitter, which is in the, just already indicates like how you should feel about it. Like, yeah. if you have so many conservatives super duper excited. That should be a bad time for, like, most things. But um, I guess this brings up a really good question is that there's a dichotomy among people who, who think like us that, one, you don't want to see Donald Trump's tweets because he's just a hateful, spiteful old man who just yells at clouds. Only he does – he yells at clouds on Twitter.com. Or you could be part of the crowd that sort of sees him real catty you know, whether, whether it be with Barney Frank or the Coca-Cola Corporation, um, where do you stand on that? Do you think Trump? Do you think Trump's unintentional hilarity outweighs his um, destructiveness, or as the ultimate warrior would say, destructicity? <laughs> well, regardless, he when he was he was the president of these United States, so. Him being destructive was going to happen. I say, look, say what you will about Donald Trump being a fascist, racist, um, sexual predator, uh, sexist. He does have a he, he does have a WrestleMania one under, under his belt, so he does have that going for him. Um, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. I'm not a Hall of Famer. Um, oh my god! When you're done, when you're done your um, your spiel there, I want to bring up something that's hilarious. But go ahead. I think, look, Twitter has been a worse place without him, <laughs> in my opinion. Twitter has been a worse place without him. Um, I need, look, I realistically, we need someone to fucking yell at Joe Biden every, every mm. all the time. Because uh, I can only do so much. And I can only tell him to cancel my student debt and give him, and give him my $600 so many times. <laughs> um if Donald Trump does it, you know, it's a little different. What about you, Dave? You, uh... I don't really miss Trump on Twitter. If I want to see somebody cowardly subtweet somebody every day, I have resting Twitter for Trump for that. <laughs> yes. And I, I, this is why I wanted to bring up, um, did you hear, there was a story, it was a rumor that, um... It's 2016. They already put Trump in the Hall of Fame, right? And in 2012, they had this thing where they had all the, the – like they had Hillary and they had Obama and they had McCain all on Raw. Um, 2016, they wanted to do it again, but because Trump was in the Hall of Fame, they figured they would be playing favorites. So did you hear it was a rumor they wanted to put Hillary in the WWE Hall of Fame just so they could do their their um, their um their shitty voter outreach thing? God. Who, who, who would who would induct her? <laughs> Foley. <laughs> oh God, Hillary Clinton. I, I, honestly, the whole thing. No, not Foley. Um, Foley as dude love will induct her. I, I, uh, yeah, no, look, at this point, the Hall of Fame is more or less, uh, I, I mean, it was always meaningless, but now it's extra meaningless, so shit, might as, might as well, I mean, Kid Rock is in the, in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, so, um, I, that, yeah, no, yeah, even though, I, and I guess her and Linda probably have super comparable politics, so, 
<laughs> oh, yeah, there's a, a lot of questionable people in the Hall of Fame, like Jimmy Snuka. Um, <laughs> was, he yeah. at, was he added before? I mean, granted, it's not like they, granted, WWE knew he murdered someone. Was he added before or after that came out again? Oh, it was, I mean, it never really went away. I mean, I think with the internet, it just sort of came back, you know, because people are doing their sleuthing, you know. But he was among the first, uh, he was like the first, the WWF Hall of Fame, there were three inducted classes, maybe four, because the first one was just Andre the Giant. Right. And they, they had three more where they just inducted, and they stopped. It was like 1998 was the last class, and there were 97, 90, I forget. Um, you can play a Sporkle quiz, and it'll give you the demarcations. But like 2004, they started up again. They induct. They made. That's when it became what it is nowadays. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's uh, you know, it, it, um, Carlos Colon's in the Hall of Fame, and you know he put a hit out on somebody. Did he? <laughs> that, no, I don't know. Why I said that. That makes sense. Didn't Vern Gagne um allegedly pay the sheet to take out Hulk Hogan? Uh, would that have been so bad? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been. Um, no, I think the thing Vern Gagne is most questionable about him is he, he straight up killed a guy in a nursing home when he was, but he couldn't really hold it against him because he was, um, his mind was gone by then. Oh, uh, who else? I mean, yeah, no, most, not most, but there's just that uh, they don't care. No, they they they. Mulder was a pimp, <laughs> right? Oh no! I to call to call her a pimp would be um, uh, too of a. It doesn't have enough negative connotation because of the job. <laughs> pimp, sorry, she 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 was a uh, <clears throat> a borderline sex trafficker. That's, that's, let's call it what it is. Um, yeah. Sure. So so. It's safe to say, I think, um, I think, Jay, you might be the only one who still watches WWE, or am I correct? Or uh, Super loosely. Uh, I, yeah. I, wa- I watch it enough um, where I probably have like, more of an insight than, you know, most people who have rightfully just kind of stopped putting up with the product. Granted, I haven't paid to watch WWE in ages. Uh, oh, no. Never do that. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that, that uh, I, I'm probably one of the few remainders. I catch I catch every once in a while. Yeah, Dave, you're with me. You're you're an AEW guy, right? Right. Um, I remember I was invited to go to the live event in DC with my my sister and her kids. I had to line my way out of that one. I'm like, no, nah, I cannot. I can't. I can't. I can't watch this. And, <laughs> I mean, I watch AEW too, but I there's some stuff in WWE that's still good. However, the product itself is just so bad. And also, Vince McMahon is a horrible person. And it, there's no chance of getting better until he keels over and fucking dies. Um, it's three hours. But three hours. I can't, I can't do it. It is too long. It's too long. Um, and it doesn't make sense. It, look, I, I, I'm on wrestling Twitter now. I don't interact with wrestling Twitter super often because I just like – I watch my shows – I watch a lot of Japanese stuff. I watch all that, and a lot of the stuff I like doesn't translate because not there's not there's not a huge wrestling Twitter presence for like all Japan, or like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or for like Dragon Gate, which are still good. 
Oh. Well, there there are certain boutique tweeters who were in like Puro Twitter is like yeah no no there's still no of course of course there's still always those people you know um but like I can only talk with, I can only talk like all Japan pro wrestling with like eight people you know what I mean it used to be Leslie Lee but he's uh, he got too far in the politics now he's just sort of I think he's just sort of back out on the um, the fringes of wrestling he watches AEW honestly that's how that's how most people should be at this point because unless. WWE's horrible. They do. They keep doing bad and stupid things. There'll be there'll be there'll be glimmers of like, oh wait, maybe they're halfway. You know, they're on like an upsurge. Then it's like, ha, psych. You know, changing Walter's name to Gunther after a <laughs> fucking Nazi. Um, yeah, well, let's let's go over that because it wasn't just Gunther at first. It was Gunther Stark, and yeah. like the whole thing about that was just. It wasn't the first time they tried to name somebody after a Nazi. <laughs> Actually, they were successful at it because if you look up, look up the name Adolf Ziegler, <laughs> and find no, out no, who he was. Yeah. And they've gotten away with Dolph Ziegler for how? And you know, people will say, "Oh, they, how could you expect them to know that there? I mean, there are so many Nazis." And it's like, bro. After the first time, you can go, oh, whoops, maybe they didn't do due diligence. After the third time, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to miss. And look, I get, look, in theory, in theory, this is what they'll have you believe. Walter, aka Gunther, is a villainous character. So it's okay to name him after a Nazi because you're supposed to not root for him. He's an amazing wrestler. And I'm mad that they made him lose weight because now he looks funny. Um, which is one another thing I fucking hate about WWE. They just hate they hate any type of different bodies that's not just like you're not six four plus and like cause I this man has like so I have some radical body dysmorphia because he refuses to allow people to look. Healthy but different. I think Vince was scrolling through his TV one one night. He discovered Hogan's Heroes for the first um, for the first time. And you know what else what we need? We need some villainous Nazis. The good old days. <laughs> but Walter was already so Walter was already cool and over, or over as over as like an NXT guy probably could have been. And it's not hard to sell him. He's big, he's German, and he hits hard as shit. So, like, you know, why do you like? Why do you need to name all his like German buddies after like 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 Ludwig Kaiser? Like, why do you need that extra element besides just a bunch of mean Germans who'll kick you in the chest? Like that that's enough for an audience. You don't you don't need to remind him like, oh, he's a he's German Nazi. You're not supposed to root for him. Uh, I'm we're gonna put we're gonna put the the German flag on their trunks now. <laughs> just just call him Herr Schwartz. You right, know? Right, at that point, call him Mr. Black. Like like <laughs> I, I, it's just everything. Like is that it's it's the horrible uh, outfits. Like when they had Nakamura looking like Elvis for a few months, and now he has like that terrible orange and black like trunk, not trunks, but like pants. There's there's always naming people one name, even if we already knew their first name. Like, Austin Theory is now just Theory. Matt Riddle, he's a rapist, so fuck him. It's just Riddle now. Well, Austin Theory is also... Uh, oh, is he? He, he, yeah, he was sexy underage girls. Fucking wrestlers. They do this shit all the time. I, it's, it's, 
Well, I can look clarify. So many WWE wrestlers and so many indie people, fucking Joey, whatever his name is. Uh, I'm gonna look at like Darby Allen too. Like AEW is uh, harboring a few guys. Oh, Dar- I, I, I'm I, I'm just not up all these people. Then I didn't know about Darby Allen, but. I'm not surprised. Like you could tell me any wrestler has an allegation, I'd be like, "Yeah, that that tracks." Yeah, you know, I I really have no follow up questions because it's like, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's pretty hard the core for a, a lot. Um, but yeah, no, it, they they just do a lot of bad. I watched them just had an obligation. I watched them for so long, um, but I watch enough other wrestling where I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't. Feel, I don't feel like I'm too bad because I'm like, I oh, let me watch some good wrestling. Especially since so much. Of so let's let's go, let's go down the list. We're not going to do New Japan because I think everybody who watches Japanese wrestling watches New Japan. Or if you don't, you're sort of you're an outlier right. at this point. So let's run down the, the promotions uh, that you uh, might. Uh, follow up with and, and give a reason why you should watch it. First up, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and then we're not talking the classic stuff. Right. You know, King's Road, that's, um, you should check that out too. You know, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, uh, Akiyama, Tawe, Hansen, those guys all re- were all really, really good. But yeah. Wait, before I do that, I want to tell a funny story, um, <laughs> if, if I may. I, back, back in college, I had a, uh, my, my advisor, uh, was like this kind of like he wasn't a Hasidic Jewish guy, but he was basically he wore all black. You know, he he would sometimes wear the hat, but he liked to talk. So like during our um, our advisement meetings, I would already have my classes picked, but then we would just shoot the shit for a while. Like he was like a weird guy. Like he like he loved hip hop, he loved movies. So I started talking and like explaining wrestling to him, and he's like, "Oh, I'm interested in that." Like just as a medium because he's a communications professor. <laughs> So it's like I would. I, he was like, wrestling's a blind spot for me in pop culture. So I'm like, I was explaining Japanese wrestling to him. He's like, okay, that makes sense. Then I explained Stan Hansen to him, and he was like confused. Was like, wait, this guy? I showed him a picture. Like, this guy was big in Japan. I was like, oh, fucking huge. I was like, well, what did he do? Uh, he was a cowboy guy who hit people super hard. And then he's like, and the Japanese loved that. I was like, oh, they ate that shit up. And he, he's like, he was successful. I was like. They put a world championship on him like ten times, <laughs> and then you're just kind of like, huh, interesting. Um, yeah, someone posted a video of just a uh, sizzle reel of him uh, doing lariats today. It was you, you should have seen it. I I, 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 I retweeted it, but um, one of them, the one that stuck out to me was um, uh, for those who don't know, Toshiaki Kawada. Um, if you like Eddie Kingston in AEW, you'll love Toshiaki Kawada. Um, you know, ugly guy, yeah. um, missing most of his front teeth. Um, what you can, what I would call, uh, describe as a gremlin, but a gremlin who hit really hard. Um, one of the, the one of the one of the people on the sizzle reel of that uh, that lariat reel, you know. He he pummeled Kawada with a with a the wind up clothesline, the wind up wind up standing clothesline, and Kawada flipped over so much that he landed. He took a like a head and neck bump off a of lariat. It was just like so intense, but it was Which like awesome. He does all the time because he's like he's like bro, he's like cracked his neck. Um, I think I think he cracked his neck on like a uh, Masawa uh, like 
the Tiger Driver. I, I think it's like what, like the ninety one, the one, the one where he basically just drops you straight on your head and you can't use your arm. Yeah, that's ninety one. Um, yeah, ninety one. So yeah, I know he does that all the time, and he just like bounces back like, yeah, I'm good. Kawada Kawada is like the like kind of. I think he people consider him like the the fourth or third guy of like you know King's Road. I he I, to me he's like second, but all Japan, all Japan now. It's it's kind of hard to talk about all Japan because when people people's in, if in, if anyone even knows about all Japan, they know about like up in like the classic King Road stuff up until two thousand one, where people went to Noah, which is his own thing now. Like that can we talk about? Yeah. And but they kind of like don't delve any into anything further because like well, all the great people left, but they were still good. They had a like they kind of had like their uh, they had their like. Um, early 2000s New Japan era, they had their, like, the mid-2000s, where they were, like, diminishing returns. Um, but then, uh, Minoru Suzuki came, and he really kind of helped whip it back into shape. Uh, Suwama is, like, this really big honking, just, like, just <laughs> meat and potatoes-looking motherfucker, who, <laughs> honestly, he's their ace, and I think he did, he... He's comparable for to like what Tanahashi did for New Japan with his championship runs, but All Japan came from Wait, an even like further position bo- at the bottom than New Japan. So I think that was even more interesting that he was able to get it back to some type of resurgence. But but as of right now, they just have some like great guys wrestling. Like Kento Miyahara is an amazing wrestler who probably should be on like par with like Okada. He's he moves so fast, his moves are so good. He has probably the sexiest knee in in wrestling right now. I know people love uh Omega's, you know, Nakamura's isn't great anymore because they won't they won't let him knee people super hard. But <laughs> no, he has like he has without a doubt the best running knee uh in wrestling right now. Um there and and what I like about it is there's not too many shows. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. digestible. Like, will you know all these people? Will you get the context of like feuds? Probably not. But that's fine. It's all just super digestible wrestling. You know, two shows a month. That's easy watching. And if if, if that, um. And I kind of do like they like you know their size has diminished greatly, and I kind of like that because they're like they're really it's like intimate nowadays. Like you know it's not like uh, you know New Japan big shows. They'll they'll be like in like Tokyo Dome. Realistically, all Japan is never going to reach that level again. Which you know it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But the shows that they do do they. They feel really, really intimate. They feel really nice, you know. Like I, I love the Japanese. Uh, like they'll have it like in a gymnasium, and it's not like considered like an indie thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They have um, Corco, like, there's mid arena like stuff like that. Yeah, like it, like sort of like like minor league basketball, like like the NBA G League, right. you know, those size. Right, and 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 it's not treated, and it's not treated like. These venues aren't treated like yeah, yo, yeah, they're in a they're in a bingo hall. That's amateur. Like no, it's they're like no, this is where we do sports. Wrestling is a sport. Uh, you know, 
more or less, unless we're going to have it here. Yeah. That, that sort of uh, mindset was lost over the years in America. Um, not that I think it was ever the way it is in Japan, you know, which is fine. You know, uh, different countries should have different um, feels to their, to their wrestling cultures. But the myth of the smoky back room and the bingo hall was an invention of Vince McMahon to sort of enhance his hegemony over um, the wrestling landscape. So I'm going to give Dave a turn. You know, I, I, you're, you're still into the Indies, right? Right. Yeah. So what's the promotion you're watching nowadays? Well, the most, well, I, well, I don't have the IWTV subscription. So I watch a lot of beyond and we have a little promotion here and at, um, wrestling in Baltimore called Maryland championship wrestling. So I go there from um, time mm-hmm. to time, and it's um, a really good show. It used to be primarily at the Amish Market, but that got shut down. But I also pay places to go to see a, a wrestling show because you have to walk through all of the the car furniture to get into the arena. So that was kind of fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a hoot, you know? <laughs> Do they let you come in with like any goods from like the Amish Market? Can you come in with a radish? Or would they like, no, nah, you got to throw, no, throw, <laughs> throw that out, man. You got to throw that out. You got to buy a radish inside. <laughs> Talking about radishes. Oh, um, hey, uh, Dave, do you, you ever, did you ever like, were you ever into like IWA Mid-South or anything like that? Um, I heard of it later on. So I have a couple of Ted Petty Invitational, like DVDs around here. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I it's I, I like it mainly. You know, I I think people uh, a lot of people know like the um uh like the punk the punk Chris Hero stuff that was done there. Right. I think they I think they hold the record for like the longest wrestling match, um, with their like two out three falls count match, uh, which is amazing wrestling that's like just literally done in like front of forty people. You know what I mean? It's 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 such it's I and I I love I love that imagery in wrestling. Uh, it's literally just like yeah, this is two guys in shitty jocks uh, in a put together ring who are going to do some of the most amazing wrestling you're ever going to see, and from like fifty people who are all just like sitting in folding chairs. My favorite venue was at a AIW show in Cleveland. Where it's literally in a Catholic school gym, and right Ooh. behind the ring, you can see a big picture of the Pope, and I'm like, <laughs> "Well, I'm watching watching um George Janella fight Scott Norton in the tables match for big giant ass picture of the Pope in the background." I'm like, "This is <laughs> sanctified, exactly." <laughs> you know, um, well, Scott Norton is a quite a holy wrestler, you know. <laughs> What do you what do you, what do you think like the the school custodians feel like they have a death match like in in the gym like it, does he have to clean that up or like or do they have like the mindset to be like yeah let's mop before we leave let's get the bleach out <laughs> yeah, right, <man>. like <laughs> pre bleach you know, let's you know? vacuum up all this fiberglass <laughs> from from all this uh all these uh oh bulbs uh. You know, as you know, there's also this promotion that's like on YouTube, and I forget what it's called because it, it's really a Japanese promotion. That's like 
like pages untranslated where they had it like out they had just outdoors and like in this outdoor square like their apartments so people are watching from their uh, uh balconies and people just kind of like literally just stand and lean against the ring uh that was always such a cool imagery to me i'm surprised there isn't like more of that kind of wrestling that's not like in someone that that's not like in someone's backyard well, that's um, DDT's entire aesthetic. Not entire. They have they have, they they go all over the place. I did go to a um, tournament of death one year when was it with DJ Hyde's what, parents' backyard. That was that was <laughs> that was something. So, um, did you get blood on? <laughs> blood? No. Glass? Yes. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So, um, we'll switch gears a little bit, um, into, I mean, pro wrestling is quite, is a, a uniquely, not a uniquely American art form, but it is very American. Um, but the violence, the, the scripted violence is making a comeback with movies. Um, you see the Northman yet? I did. It was pretty good. It's it pretty, pretty good. I... I am a movie guy, as my introduction uh, was said. I am on film Twitter. Uh, I do have hot takes. I work. I, I I am lucky enough to to have worked in film and to work in film currently. Uh, so I am I am act- I'm living my truth and my dream, which is pretty nifty. Uh, but but um, I did I did see the Northman. I was pretty entertained for most of it. Uh, <laughs> I like Robert Edgar's, you know, the guy who made The Witch and The Lighthouse, one of the most homoerotic movies I've ever seen. Uh, There's also, they said that, um, it made, someone made a comment on Twitter that the Northman completes Robert Eggers' is, damn, you know it smelled crazy in their trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, the Northman is some, uh, some old school, not even old school, it's just like, hey, you want... You want some? You want big beefy boys battling? Uh, that's what you, you get a lot of that. But it is, it is very contemplative. It is like a meditation on uh, a revenge and violence. And of course, it's one of those movies that like probably someone was expecting like violence and like Viking murder all the time. Were probably were they're probably super bored during the middle. Because it is a lot of talking, it is a lot of like staring at the camera. Um, I made a joke that like the cameraman, who's probably like super unnerved during half the movie, because he had to deal with like people just staring at him for like five minutes, <laughs> and not just people, like crazy ass white right. people, like, like just um, dirty, like, uh, yeah, dirty, dirty, <laughs> just staring, just staring at him. I know Robert Edgar's probably did like forty takes. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty good movie. It's entertaining. Uh, Dave, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, but it's something that I, w- I would like to um, see. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's every time the commercial pops on AEW is like witness Willem Dafoe going witness the rise of the exactly. Northman. I get exactly. Shit. <laughs> it is yeah. It's a it's a pretty good movie. I I, I was mad. I did, I didn't see it on the best screen because I went to like this theater. Uh, you know, I live in New York, so I, I went to like this fucking uh, indie theater to see it, and they they messed up the projection. It was slightly tilted, um, 
But, you know, it was still nice. Uh, and for people who don't know, uh, The Northmen, uh, the story in it is a is a long mythology that is actually what uh, got um, inspired Hamlet. So you're going to, so people have already made the joke. They're like, ha, it's like the Lion King, but Vikings. Like, no, it's the actual story. The Lion, that, it's the actual story that inspired Hamlet, that inspired Lion King. Um, you know, it's weird. And this, this, I, this is to anyone who is going to listen to this. Do not look at any marketing material. One of the, one of the official clips of the movie spoils a twist that was so fucking mad. Oh, because I saw it, I was like, oh my god, why would you give that detail away? What do you gain from this movie? Well, it's it's not it's not sort of um, easily palated, you know, it wasn't, you know, Kevin Feige, and, and I'm saying this as someone who likes the MCU. I don't like it enough, I haven't watched it. It's not, it's not Kevin Feige sort of like eating the worm and spitting in the, in the uh, marketer's mouths, telling him what, exactly what they had to... To, to highlight there, you know? right, right, but still, it, ju- it was just a strange choice because you could have shown you there's there's numerous scenes you could have shown to be like, oh, here's this cool battle with a monster, but like, no, here's a, an important plot detail that we're going to spoil. I was like, oh god, and then when I saw it in theaters, I was mad because like that would have been super impactful if I was completely blind to it. So, like with the Northman, um, it's it's an action movie. I mean, again, you said there was contemplative parts in it, but it's an it's an action movie um, in an era where the uh, mid budget, you know, non affiliated action movie sort of um, is on life support. Um, and we're also seeing uh, the bat the Batman, another movie that I'm going to watch eventually <laughs> because you know it's on HBO Max and I do watch every Batman movie, but. Um, so are we seeing, do you think we're seeing a return to sort of maybe resuscitating that genre, you know, because we had all these, the 80s through the early 90s, there was a bumper crop of action movies, and, and Ambulance too, yeah, you know, I, as a Michael I liked, Bay. I, I, I liked Ambulance, it was goofy. Yeah, and, and people, it's well-received, it's probably the most well-received Michael Bay movie since the, you know, The Rock or Con Air. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's probably the most... Like, if we're going by, like, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, but it's definitely not his best since then. I, I am a strong defender of uh, Bad Boys 2. I think, that, okay. I think that is a brilliant movie of just pure action. And I am an even bigger defender of Pain and Gain, which I think is an actual genius-level movie that I don't think Michael Bay knows is genius-level. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he appreciates what, um, the movie that he made just based on what he went back to making. So, so what's more surprising about that movie? Is it the fact that it's a genius level movie with the restoring the rock, or is it a genius level movie co-starring uh, Mac Wahlberg? <laughs> um, that, that's why that's, that's the reason I think people don't appreciate that. It is a, like a great black comedy satire because it has a rock in it. Um, you know, if people don't like giving him credit, even though he's been in a lot of good stuff, like but before the before the all the HGH, um, the mm-hmm. rundown, uh, Walking Tall, those were all like, oh wow, he actually had some like he he's in some good stuff when he wants to be. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, fuck him, but you know, he's, <laughs> he's an actor, quote unquote. Uh, 
and even Anthony Mackie, and that's probably the best he's ever been. But yeah, I don't think he's that, that bad in in the MCU, which is he's not really given like Winter Soldier was good, yeah. right? Um, then everything after that sort of been like diminishing returns. Like I was really looking forward to uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier series on on Disney oh, yeah. Plus. That shit sucked, and it was just like like they. They they took an interesting storyline and I, and that they they took an interesting storyline that they knew they weren't going to be able to do justice or maybe they did because they're the people who make those sorts of series and movies for Disney or for Marvel you know they have a different idea of what is salient and what's poignant but it was just you know it was okay but it it could have been better like. Um... With the Scarlet Witch and the Vision, that was must see. As soon as it came out, I immediately watched it. But with Winter Soldier and the Falcon, eh. I wait. I wait for the weekend to watch it. <laughs> the whole thing with with those those D, those D plus series is that they is that with the exception of Loki, which I feel like it, they didn't stick the landing so much as they did very well to set up the second season, which is obviously getting you know since. You know, Kang the Conqueror, or I guess we we don't know him as Kang yet. He's just Nathaniel Richards, right. I believe. We're, we're, we don't know it's Kang. Like they, like they, they have very much. Like that's the other thing about uh, Marvel. They they don't care about like the they they they, they, they at this point there's no tension in their like uh, movies or like surprises. Like yeah, there's like they they're like yeah, here's a, a post credit scene. But they'll they'll let you know like yeah yeah no this person from movie this person movie get hyped get excited bring all your buddies give us a billion dollars, um, but yeah it's it's not technically Kang yet but it's Kang he wears the purple, all all media has exposed that he's Kang because they can't help themselves, uh, yeah, you know, but I, I mean with the most of these Disney Plus shows that's why I'm sort of dreading the end of Moonlight which has been like super. Interesting so far because it's been like batshit. You know, they're letting Oscar Isaac be Oscar Isaac. I, I don't love it. I, I I want to like it more. Um, look, I, look. I think all these Disney Plus shows have like the same problem: is that they start kind of strong, but by the fourth episode, they're like super diminishing returns. And by the end, that they never stick the landing. Winter, like oh, no. at all, like, and not one of these shows has had a good finale. <laughs> No, the, the Hawkeye was Hawkeye is probably the, the patron saying that because like there was five episodes that all five episodes are really strong, and then the sixth episode was just like, what the fuck are they yeah, doing? Yeah, because I, I don't think because none, none of these none of these shows are paced like television shows, which is I feel like it's just like a, a uh, an art form that has kind of gone away of like yeah no you have to break this shit up like a TV show you have to you can't just write a movie. And then realize, like, oh, we can't have to release a six-hour movie uh, that we know yeah. is going to have a sequel. You have to pace it like a TV show that has a beginning, middle, and an end. I, But I think TV is sort of – well, because you see it with – you know, no, no, very few TV shows have, like, that 24-season – the 24-episode uh, order oh anymore. <laughs> and it's like – but the, 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 the whole fundamental – so I've been using this word too much lately, so apologize. The whole aegis of te- television is it used to be you have a show, maybe it had an overarching, um, you know, end game it was reaching towards, but it was all like Monster of the Week, right. you know. 
Uh, and then, you know, I don't want to say Lost changed the game because there were probably a few shows before Lost, but then like Lost really blew up and like everything had to be connected. And, and they found out like even Lost, which originally the first two seasons, two or three seasons had a 24 episode order and they just sort of like they slashed it for the next three. Well, I, well that that's partially because uh, I don't know if you know this, like the creators only plan for three seasons. They they. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they I very have, much did um, not want to continue the show, but they kept like the uh, uh, ABC is like, no, no, we need more of this. It's like super cash this, cow. This is our best pot, our best show, um, and they're like, oh fuck, all right. <laughs> they they did it so begrudgingly, and I love Lost. Wasn't Halo the same think, way? That's how that's how a lot of these shows were because they they straddled the line between. Like old school serialized Monster of the Week show because like Lost has like 120 episodes, but then they're like, all right, we're getting to more like serialized stuff in like the mid and late 2000s, where they kind of didn't really know what to do, and that's kind of how you got all the super duper weird stuff at Lost, which for better or worse is interesting to say the least. Um, same thing with Heroes, except for Heroes was just less successful at it. Um. Yeah, Heroes lost steam real quick. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, I I think fundamentally, they just didn't like they they clearly just didn't know how they, they wanted it to end. I feel like that happens. That happens a lot. Oh, which is fine. Like you you're you can figure out your show as you go. Um, but the thing is with Heroes, I know like the first season was like an old school you know, 22 episodes. But then the second season, they're like, nah, you have 10 episodes. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, well, shit, man. Well, I think draw, circling back to your point about knowing where to end, I think if you have a sitcom, you know, you just got to keep, keep the jokes coming, you know, or you got to keep your audience um, happy, you know, in the case of shows like Big Bang Theory, which don't have jokes as much as they just have, you know, cat, cat phrases and stereotypes. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I think for a drama, you kind of have to, like, when you pitch it, you kind of have to, and maybe just for the kind of dramas that that we're accustomed to, maybe, like, if you look back in the day, you know, Dallas, Dynasty, those, like, right. refined soap operas, they probably didn't have to have an ending, but they weren't, they were just, like, it was navel gaze, and it was people watching, you know? Right, because... Well, that's that's because they're that was the, when writing was reflected. Like they had the season, and they like, all right, what's going on? What's going on right now? Where how can we implement in this story? And I think really the only shows that do that nowadays are like police procedurals, and especially like Special Victims Unit that tries to be super topical poorly. <laughs> um, Rip from the headlines. <laughs> that is, oh my god, ah, oh, dude, that. I still remember the the Gamergate episode. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so it was so ill advised, but <laughs> but yeah, like that kind of like writing doesn't kind of doesn't exist anymore because writing rooms are getting smaller and smaller. Um, a lot of creative a lot of creative stuff is like being consolidated. Um, and like the old school sitcom isn't coming back, I don't think. Like, uh, like Abbott Elementary, I think is a neat show. Uh, but like the creator's in the show, and I think she does most of the writing. Or that might not even be true. But 
it's that kind of thing where like it's so influenced by the office and like it has shorter seasons. It's probably only gonna last like and th- this is not me saying I want it to not go far, but I think that show's gonna last like five seasons and get like seventy something episodes. Um, I think that's that's fine, you know. If, if you if you know the mileage, like not everybody can be. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, right. where they're still they're still they're still putting heat out, um, you know. Now that did, did you see? Did you guys see the uh, most recent season? I haven't seen the no. I haven't seen the. Uh, actually, wait, no, no. Is this where they went to Ireland? Yeah, yes, I saw it. it a very interesting show. A very interesting show that they're all very dedicated to what they do. And even then, like the, the, the Ireland stuff was like the, the hilarious was hilarious. Like what Frank um just describing his time on the Epstein island, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's it's all it's all pretty I, I they're like I mean, that's the thing that's even the thing. I think because that show started so early because that show started in like two thousand and five. Um they were still like in that kind of mode of no, we're gonna do an episode. We're gonna do like a season every year, right? And even then, their seasons only don't even get higher than like fourteen episodes. So, no. uh, but then again, that's also cable. So like, that also changes it changes it up. But like, I, what I mean, like the the I don't think the like the network TV sitcom. I think that's gone for the most part. Um, even and like, and not to, not to say that they're not going to be shows that come out. But let's be honest, and most of them get canceled, even if they are good. They just yeah. because they, they, they find it easier, like, all right, we're going to put it on TV. We're also going to put it on the streaming service. We'll see if it brings in any new users on the streaming service. But if it doesn't bring in new users every season, we're just going to cancel it and just try to retain the users that we made. Um, which is a very cynical way of making TV. But um, it's what Netflix has caused, uh, even though Netflix is going downhill. Very quickly, downhill fast. It's a shame because like Netflix had for a while like had fire, you know. Like there was, um, you know, Orange is the New Black is the and Stranger Things are the two like vanguards. But then like you look down the line, like the the Marvel shows on there were the outside of like Iron Fist, you know, they were exceptionally good. Even, but even, the thing, um, even they, those got canceled. Like te- like technically, yeah. like they they didn't finish Luke Cage. They didn't finish um, uh, Jessica Jones. I. No, they kind of did finish Jessica Jones. Like Jessica Jones and Daredevil got final three, se- their final season threes that that put finality on it. It was Luke C- like Luke Cage and and Iron Fist both set up like cliffhangers to where you know they could have they left meat on the right. bone. Punisher might have been more like Daredevil. I think Punisher, they kind of Punisher was made where they already knew that like probably like Netflix was going to cancel it and Disney Plus was going to happen. So I think Punisher season two, they kind of like just steamrolled in, like package everything super tightly. Like, look, we're just gonna have him kill Jigsaw, and that'll be it. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, what? I've always been super weird about Punisher because, um, look, they have the best Punisher interpretation was the 2004 Thomas Jane. Because uh, I don't think people get this. Uh, Frank Castle is a New York Italian. People seem to forget that every time they cast a Punisher. Yeah, that first, not to that say that John Bernthal isn't a good actor, but his kind of steely Southern accent isn't New York Italian. He, he faked it though, not very well. 
<laughs> he sounds exactly like he sounds in most of his movies, which is fine. That's a fine way to be an actor. I think John John Brunson's an amazing actor. Um, but I'm just th- always thinking like, and he did good as Frank Castle, but I always like kind of like, he's not Italian. He's not a New Yorker. Like, come on, let's let's. I, that's a that's a thing that they never seem to get. They like they seem to refuse to acknowledge any of these people are supposed to be from New York. <laughs> Same thing with um, uh, and actually, I actually kind of had uh, a perfect casting for Punisher. And yeah, I get it. I I get it. The actor's a piece of shit. But Fred Grillo, yeah, he's Frank Castle basically. But he they, he was already crossbones. Yeah, I know. So. They 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 ruined him too quickly. And I like that he's a piece of shit. But uh, it's whatever. <laughs> He, he's an action guy. Oh, a lot of action dudes are pieces of shit. But he, but he, he in my mind, was like, yeah, no, he could be Frank Castle. He might be too old because he's, he's pushing 60. Uh, but, yeah. And what, I, I have a question, guys. I want to I reach this question. Pro, let, over, like, the last, like, let, let's say 10 years. 10, 10 years. Let's go back to 2012. What do you? What is your favorite TV show? Well, the last show I really kept on watching was Gotham. Gotham. Yet, yet another retelling of the Batman story, which I think it had its moment. Where it was really good, and I knew what they were trying to go for, but they failed. They failed to stick to the landing a lot, and a lot of the same premises repeat itself every season. Like every season, Jim Gordon finds a new girlfriend, and every season, <laughs> she always gets killed. Like I'm like, I'm like we're doing this again. I, I yeah, I have two. Um, one's a more adult one. One's a kids sure. one. Uh, the kids one's Gravity Falls. Great show. Great show. And I was going, I was going to do a podcast with uh, Drew Rosin about that, but he unfortunately. Um, he passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. I'm still broken up about that. Um, and the other one is um, I had to do a toss up, but uh, between the two, you know, gritty, you know, uh, WB, uh, DCEU TV shows, but you know, Doom Patrol is just a fucking riot. Doom Patrol is probably the, yeah, Doom Patrol is amazing. Um, it's definitely the best DC has done in a long time. Um. Titans is good too, but it's not Doom Patrol. I, I don't. I never care for Titans. I think. I think Titans is so aggressively against the comic book characters. It, it tries too hard to be edgy, where Doom Patrol <laughs> is naturally like adult because it's dealing with mental health and broken people trying to get better. Titans is just like what? How can we make this like the edgiest version we can without being Zack Snyder? But I just like that Jason Todd is a, is a foul mouth little guy. Yeah, yeah but they kind of ruined like the whole Batman dynamic with him. Like Batman doesn't give a shit about Jason Todd in that show. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the funny, the, just the funniest thing about that show was that they, they cast uh, Jorah Mormont as Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking good. Um, it was fucking crap. Fucking Game of Thrones, man. What's that game? All right, so before we get out of here, uh, David, first, let us know let us know where can we find you on the internet? What do you got to plug? What do you want to tell us? Oh, you can find me on Twitter, GrundyMan517, and 
that's the plug. Just thank you, TH, for inviting me, and this was fun. No problem. I had a blast. And uh, Jay, where can we find you? What do you got going on? What are your projects? Uh, you can find me at Moon Clinic on Twitter, and that's all I'm giving away because you people don't need to know anything <laughs> else about me. Uh, <laughs> 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 on the internet. I have nothing really to plug. I, I'm just living my life. And uh, if, 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 I, if I have any projects in the future, you know, I'll be sure to let like all you beautiful people there. You'll be the first to know. I'll, I'll send out uh, carrier pigeons. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it, especially on short notice. Um, and I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, uh, you guys, you know, I do this for you. I do it for me first. I do it for you too. Um, if you found me through the newsletter, great. You already are plugged in, but if you know someone linked you, Subscribe up to my newsletter. Uh, you'll get three posts every week as long as nothing crazy is going on in my life. Um, and we're on vacation, whatever. Uh, you'll get some quality in there. At least I hope you think it's quality. Uh, this week I wrote about Majora's Mask, uh, the, the second N64 Zelda game. And I also wrote about um, Chick Magnet Punk. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about wrestling. Uh, CM Punk is a big part of why I'm enjoying wrestling right now. I, I, I wrote about him. Uh, but you'll find some recipes. You'll find introspection. You'll find movies, music, sports, whatever I want to write about, wrestling, whatever. Um, if you liked this podcast or if you liked the newsletter, I have a link to Ko-Fi in, my, in the uh, show notes. Buy me a coffee. You know, I'm not saying you have to buy me a coffee, but I'm just saying if you enjoyed what you listened to and you think, Hey, Hey, uh, TH, I want to show some appreciation other than getting those numbers up, you know, just, you know, it's a coffee, three bucks and it'll keep me caffeinated. Um, other than that, I release you from your listening obligation. Uh, thank you for listening once again. And as always keep it a buck folks.